And we're joined again here today with Adesika, who has been sharing some of his stories, remembrances of growing up in Bosnia and Herzegovina, the war, genocide, and those types of things. So welcome again, Adis, for being here. And uh, we'll just kind of pick up. Uh, you had been talking a lot about your remembrances of what you went through as a child. Um, if you can share some more of those with us here today. Well, uh, good morning, Clark. Thank you for, for having me here. Um, absolutely. I, uh, I, would, I would definitely like to share some more of those stuff, uh, some more of the stories. And, of course, as you mentioned, uh, we, uh, we did talk about some, some experience um, um, in enclave uh, of, of, of Jepa uh, during, the, during my time there in, you know, uh, mainly experience uh, from 90, 1992 to 1990, uh, 1995. Um, I, I know we left off, uh, left off talking about uh, some horrifying experiences uh, during the, my time there, where you know often. Um, you would see uh, dead bodies floating down the uh, River Drina and uh, coming to a small place. It's called Slop. Um, beautiful scenery. I mean, you know, it's 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 a beautiful scenery. That that, that part of the that part of the uh, uh, town, um, that part of the town of Jepa. It's it's just uh, even now when you go, but you know, you can't just kind of forget. You know what what was taking place back back you know, 20, 25 years ago. Um, but, um, yeah, life, uh, life, you know, it's kind of a lot of time when people asking me, you know, how was it and, you know, what is it like to be in a war? I just tell people, like, imagine, imagine having to, to, to be in this, in this, if, if you will, a, a prison, uh, of of locked in this one uh, uh, ring where there's an enemy around you and, and, and you are free to go, obviously, you know, uh, go outside your house or four walls, if you will, but pretty much you're limited how far you can go and how can you go, um, trying to make sense of, of why you're being targeted pretty much every move. And, you know, if you go... Um, out, you, you've been told by parents, make sure you stay here, make sure you stay there, because, I mean, you know, a sniper or a grenade could pretty much follow at any, at any given time. You know, for the kid, for the kid, uh, for the kid it, it, was, it, it was hard, a lot of things were hard, especially, you know, at the beginning of 92, when teacher pretty much came to classroom and, you know, saying that we have to leave, and she wasn't sure when are we going to return? Now, what's ironic about this, this teacher, she's been teaching in that town for generations. I mean, she taught my sisters, uh, cousins, and she was one of, one of the strict teachers there. Her, her name was Rosa um, Lazarevic. Interesting thing about this lady, she was only Serbian woman amongst all the, 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 the Muslims that lived in the town. And she was highly respected. She she was honored. People, you know, 
people treated her like one of our own. And when war came, she refused to leave the town and go with, you know, with, because she was from Banja Luka, um, which is now, quote, quote, capital city of so-called Republika Srpska, you know. Uh, and she never wanted to leave. And I remember her coming and she's saying, you know what, school is going to be dismissed because there, there's some... Uh, uh, there's some things going on in neighboring towns where, um, you know, war is breaking out. And we as a kid's like, war, like, what is this? And, you know, I remember us leaving and probably for a long period of time there, probably for about a couple years, um, no one was going to school because school was bombed and there was no safe to go because, you know, the army specifically targeted areas where they knew people would gather in masses, for instance, school and mosque and uh, um, um, hospital and, and stuff like that. So since school was bombed, what, what in, in a town, there was a little small factory that produced textile. So the, the people converted it, uh, certain areas of the, of the factory into, into school. And, and I remember us going to school and sitting on these uh, on these chairs, and chairs were pulled out of the local small hotel, and it, it, we, we thought it was so special, like we sitting in, in these little chairs. But then, you know, thing is, we didn't. The, all the teachers that they were there, a lot of them left the town. So pretty much anyone who was with the college degree and had some kind of understanding of 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 of, of you know education would 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 come to teach and textbooks all of that it was there there was no such thing uh, there was no such thing there was no such thing as the uh, notepads and and, and 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 you know pencils and pens and uh, whatever so pretty much you would go to school just to kind of listen uh, you would just go to school kind of listen and often we would do classes uh, outdoors and you know, as as a, as a, as a child, you know, it's it's kind of it's a, it's a beautiful memory too, at the same time because you would bond with your cousins and friends. There was no like grades; you would not really separate it except that you know we were all in the same space. But also, some was went. There was a, a small local post office. That we would utilize they 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 facilities to 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 get a um, you know to do cla classrooms and stuff like that, so you know that's that's some of the beautiful memories knowing that I would go to school and you could sit in the class in classroom quote quote with your cousin who's like five years older than you, so it was it was just kind of it was just kind of neat, um, so yeah. Uh, so, 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 some of, some of those memories, of course, there's some beautiful memories as well with that, uh, looking for joy with things because there was no food, obviously. Obviously, there was no food. And, you know, until later, later on, when, when, um, when Red Cross um, made agreement, I guess, and there were some treaties were signed that the food was able to be sent into towns. I mean, I'm talking about just basics. I mean, I'm just basic. I just remember, you know, you know, watching these 
trucks coming down and pretty much what they will carry that was flour you know oil salt sugar that was it that that was it there was no fancy things in there or anything like that um and and i remember people going down there and just kind of you kind of waiting in line get a little bag they give you how many family members you have they just kind of based off of that and uh, you know you, you'll go home but what what was really exciting for us as, as a kids and also scary at the same time when the food was uh, when food was dropped by uh, by uh, parachutes uh, from uh, from United States uh, um, army uh, that would drop these pilots like probably ton that would like one ton to two tons heavy I'm not really sure and they would drop them in the mountains and you know like my father and 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 and, and whoever was old enough to go and carry they would go up there and uh, look look for these um, ready-to-eat meals and when they would bring them in boy was that a treat because a lot of those things I mean they would have a you know, the kids would fight over certain numbers, like I think six and twelve, because uh, the, in a box you would get twelve individual meals, and number six and twelve would have candy in it, like uh, M&Ms and stuff like that. I mean, you just like you just you you don't you don't get to see those things, and and and, and, and I remember now because no one's no one spoke English. You're like you don't know what these things say. You don't know what's in it. So, you know, sometimes when you would come across a picture and, and then you would ask somebody, oh, did you taste this? What did it taste like? And they would tell you, you know, I don't know, this is applesauce. I don't know. Or, or this, is, um, uh, this tastes like spaghetti or this tastes like that. Uh, so it, it, was, it, was, it was a little bit enjoying that as well. Uh, and then, you know, during the day, this would happen at night because if they were due during the day, um, you know, Serbian army we would know, and they would shoot. They would they would literally drop grenades and and that in that area, so so people couldn't get to it. So they would do this during the night, and people would go and get it. But well, kids, as I, I just like I remember these memories as as as, as a kid. We would go, and, and it would be a lot of snow because that part of the country we get a lot of snow. And I remember like one year as we would go, we 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 knew if we go while snow is still. Uh, like crust is really hard and and these uh, ready to eat meals were like brown colors so it was it was easy to find them so we would go and i mean i remember as a kid like you find one oh man it's great and you know you just just go look for some more um and 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 just just what's 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 strange about all of that how amazing human beings are that they you adapt like you, you adapt to that. You just like okay. So this, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, this is this is what we have. This is what we're gonna figure out. That regardless, regardless, there's a danger. Regardless, that any point of time there could be grenade or sniper could kill you. So you just go and you just follow your natural instinct. You need to survive. And you know, as a, as a kid, you do as a, what a kid does. You you find the ways to have fun. You find the ways to. To, 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 to play if, if you will if you had if, if, if that was a play but you know a lot of times play would consist of if if, if, if a missile gets thrown at us and these pieces um, 
that, that was left behind, you would go and, and you would gather and you would try to read where they come from and stuff like that. And often you would see uh, those things, you know, would come from, uh, from Greece, those things would come from Russia and stuff like that, and also uh, from, from, you know, uh, Yugoslavian people's army. Just kind of tells you that a lot of people in their war had their fingers in it. A uh, uh, lot of Greek soldiers came to Serbia to fight. A lot of Russian soldiers came to Serbia to fight. Those were paid, paid, uh, paid soldiers. They just came. Um, specifically, I mean, you can. Uh, there, there's a book that was written about uh, about um, Greek soldiers who fought in Srebrenica when the genocide was committed, and it's just, it's just sad, you know. Um, but but yeah, uh, that's that that's that's just some some aspects of, of, of life there, um, you know, day, day to day things that, that you would deal with and look forward to, and just remembering that you know a lot of times, you know, you have this neighborhood before war. Everybody go to school, everybody go to work, and it's just like empty streets. But then now, just these these streets became uh, gathering places, especially like those end of the night where you is not very visible, and people would talk and uh, they would share ideas, and people started becoming like innovative as far as how to produce electricity, uh, how to produce electricity. You know, we would find out that you know the old buses or trucks that were sitting around, they would get batteries out of them. And find a way to recharge them, and then you would connect the wires to small, like a portable radios and stuff like that. You would try to find a station to to hear, like what's going on, like in in, in the capital, like where's the country standing as it is, because you don't know. You just you just cut off from 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 everything. Um, later on, you know, there was ways that. You know, men would find a way how to get to uh, one of the one of the bigger cities in in Gorazde, which was um, 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 it was part, you know it was it was free territory, and they would go uh, they would go they would spend nights and days walking through Serbian territory, hiding in the bushes in the forest, how to how to how to get there, maybe to deliver some information or bring some information back, um, and often you know. Uh, towards the end of the war, around 1994, around 1994, where um, helicopter with uh, with some um, Bosnian intelligence that was coming from capital. Um, when I say intelligent, I mean you know uh, some some information, some materials, some some gu- guidance. What should we do? Um, they they were trying to come to to Tuzla in in the middle of the night. And Serbian army, uh, they they detected them, and they started shooting at them. And and this helicopter crashes in the mountains, not too far from my grandma's house. In one mountain, uh, pilot got killed, and 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 few people who they 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 survived in the in the in the helicopter crash. But it's just kind of anyway to tell you that any attempt for us, you know, this enclave to communicate with. With rest of the Bosnia was pretty much like that, that, those are those are some only ways that we could communicate with them. Well, you've spoken about your father, 
on more than one occasion, and yeah. the one the one absence of some of your sharing when you were with your mother and mm-hmm. sister and mm-hmm. niece that were basically taken in the truck and mm-hmm. dropped on the road. And you've spoken to me prior to this about your dad was on the run mm-hmm. in the woods for oh, yeah. survival. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit of what he's yeah. spoken to you about? What? I, absolutely, Clark. Uh, when when I um, uh, think of my father, it's, it's, it's very inspiring. And any, any time when I'm in this country, when I say I can't do something, I, 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 I remember him, I remember my mom, because what, I mean, these two individuals started life several times, several times. I mean, in, in Ishepa, when they got married, my father wasn't, didn't come from wealthy family or anything like that, you know. Um, and, you know, their home, our home get burned there. Then we went to uh, Sarajevo. We had to leave that place. We came to the United States. Then they had to go back. So they started over so many times. But, you know, when, when men and women and everyone was ordered by, by Serbian general uh, Ratko Mladic to, to come to the center of town where everybody going to be packed on trucks and sent, men knew very well that pretty much if you do so, and we know now what happened in Srebrenica most likely would happen to them as well, that that, that would be last time, that would, that, that would be their last. Uh, my my f- father and most all of the men were, it was misunderstanding at the beginning, we were told the helicopters were gonna be coming. And we had to go to the highest part of the country, I mean, at this town and in, in, in the mountains, and gather there and be transported to, 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 to capital without, without having any touch with Serbian army or anything like that. Well, just got to tell you that we had no idea what was going on, how much misunderstanding there was. We went to the mountains. We walked for several hours to get to the top of the mountains when information landed saying, no, there's not going to be helicopters. You have to go back down. There's going to be buses down. So on our process going down, um, down the mountain, uh, we came to, 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 to town where I was born. And, and as when in the town where I was born, I'm, I'm, we're sitting there and I'm looking at these buses. I was like, who are these buses? What are they doing? Like, what is going on? And that was the first time that I encountered Serbian army. Like, that was the fir- first time, like, that, that, that up close. And my brother-in-law, who was, my father stayed on the mountains. He stayed on the mountain. I told my mom, take care of yourself. We hugged, you know, and, you know, I mean, everybody crying when they when we separated but my brother-in-law who actually lives here now he he helped kind of escort my mom and myself and my sister and my niece down down to to to, to town but as he was getting closer we didn't realize that the buses were coming that far because there was a rush to get everybody out and that's it and he stopped because he couldn't go down anymore because like he, he could see that we could see the, the, the army like right there, the Serbian armies who were uh, guarding these, these buses. He was like, I have to go back. 
So he we said he said his goodbye to us there, and he went back to the mountains, and we went down there, and there was a the last bus that was leaving. They were like, "You're gonna have to spend the night here." And I remember at my family home, my mom like she, there was so many people in the house. She took everything out, everything out, and everybody just like on the floors and stuff like they just kind of gathering there. And then night, the night we sitting there, and in the distance. You could see where my sister and my brother-in-law, where they lived, and she got married. We could see her house burning. I mean, now I get a goosebumps because my sister was crying because her, her and her husband built the house by hand during the war, just strictly by hand. No material, I mean, no, no, no building material like traditional, like log. They built the log. It was a beautiful home, um, and it was burning. It was, it was burning, like all the villages around, it was just a fire. It was just like a, these little candles in the distance that you see these houses. So, you know, I already talked about, you know, when we got dropped off and, you know, when Serbian army started harassing us and, you know, stealing things from us and just kind of um, threatened us with all kinds of stuff. And we landed in, in Kakan, uh, the town of Kakan. We didn't know anything about my father. We, we didn't know. We just, I, their destiny was unknown at that point. We, we knew one thing. I knew my father, he was not gonna go surrender. I mean, I knew that because it, it's just, it just, he, he's a patriot. He was, he was not gonna do that. He was, he was gonna find a way. Um, so, because there was so many men up there that to everyone go in one direction, it would be pretty much suicidal. So what they decided to split in the opposite direction. Some of them went towards, uh, go through Han Piesak, which is town, to go through um, towns, Bosnian towns that would come that way. I'm not sure what is the name of them. But some of them went towards, on, on the Serbian side. And everyone who, who went towards the Serbian side to cross the river Drina, they got, they got captured. They got captured, they got sent to camps. And they spent there by year and six months in concentration camp. I mean, you can imagine what all the stuff was going on there. Uh, but my father, he, when we came to free territory, all of us from, from, from Enclave, we were sitting there. And the only way for us to know who survived, who didn't survive, because there was a Red Cross. Now, at this point, we knew the men were in camps, in concentration camps. Uh, uh, Mitrovic Pole and Šlivovica in Serbia. We, we knew, so we would go and it was these like a postcard type of things. It was just a piece of paper, just kind of like a flashcard type of thing. And was from Red Cross and you could write your name and the Red Cross would take it to these camps. And then your, your loved one there would find the name and if they find it, they would write back. But we would go day after day, day after day. I, we could never locate my father, you know. We were like, you know, we don't know what's going on. And my sister locate, they got connected with my brother-in-law. So we knew he was there. My uncle, um, his son, uh, some of our neighbors. But we did not know where my father was. So, you know, you just imagine how, like, what, he, I mean, what, what, is, what else? What else could be there? We had no idea that some men went went through forests and of course one of those people was my father and when we came to city of Kladanj in Bosnia there was no place for us there was we they couldn't put refugees anywhere like 
So they send us to town of of, uh, of Zenitsa. It's one of I think it's like a biggest, biggest, second biggest city in Bosnia. It's about an hour, forty about forty five kilometers away from Sarajevo. Um, we were put in in these halls, which used to be movie theater. They took the chairs out, and they just put a bunch of um, uh, cushions down, and just kind of everybody was just kind of laying like laying there. And then later on, they were trying to find who who could take us in in their homes and stuff like that. So a lot of a lot of people would come there, and Bosnian government would offer them money if they take some refugees and you know just kind of give them a shelter so that's what happened to us and we lived in town um, above the uh, Zenica for quite some time and we still didn't know anything about my father we were just guessing he should be fine he this and that and and one morning few months later I, I, I'm sleeping in this old old brittle house I mean it was it was it was nothing there it, it was it was so stripped down that even going to bathroom like you had to be really careful um you know there w there was no there was no uh, toilet inside the house it was actually outside but you know a shower you know it was there and and i remember one time like touching uh, the wires with my bare hands because it was hanging and i got electrocuted i got kicked and <laughs> you know like i almost got killed by, by electricity there because everything was exposed and my mom freaked out um, and, and I remember sleeping in the house and always being cold because, you know, it was kind of like around winter time. And my mom woke me up one morning. She said, oh, he's coming. I woke up like, who, who is coming? Like, what is coming? She said, your, your father is coming. I was like, what? And, and, and I'm like, I ran out of pajamas. And I remember it was like, it was like really early in the morning. And I looked like really down the street. I was like, it was him. It was my father just, just coming. I mean that's that 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 really uh, that's really a, it was emotional for me. It's emotional now for me just to think about that. And I saw him; he was coming. And and this time, at this time, he was dressed in 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 army uniform for the first time. All the time in in Jepa, like th this was the man who was going fighting in the bare clothes, just clothes, joggers, uh, jeans, whatever, tennis shoes, whatever he could have on. And this was the first time. And I don't know, it just kind of sits with me in a special way, knowing that it was like, a, in a sense of a victory for, for me, that, that he, he, he survived, we survived, we dared, and we were fortunate to do so. And knowing that he went through, through all of this stuff, you know, I sometimes talk to my father about some stuff, and I'm sure there's a, and there's a lot of things that he wishes not to share, and, and I respect that. I'm sure there's going to be time and place for that. But it's just what they have gone through. And, and, and you know, just just imagine being, being in forests. And that's not, terrain is there. It's not the most kind. Uh, it's, it's cold, that part of the country. There's, there's mountains, rivers they, they had to cross and all kinds of stuff. So that, that really brings a special me memory to me. I mean, it's just, it's just imagine, you know, how that feels that you have the support, especially seeing, seeing your mom struggling and seeing my sister struggling with two-year-old, one-year-old um, and not having anything in, in a strange town. Yeah, sure, it was Bosnia, but not knowing an, anything how, how, how to, you know, have a, a, a ends meet. Um, 
it was, it was, it was, it was tough. I know it was a huge relief on my mother, you know, but then of course, then of course other things start settling in. You don't have anything. You, you refugee. I mean, these, these men and women in our town, they were really proud. A lot of them were farmers. My father wasn't a farmer. He, he worked, you know, but a lot, lot of people were farmers and they're like honest, hardworking people got stripped of everything they had and they just had to live in the basements of some people's houses. I mean, it's, it's hard. Um, but people managed, uh, you know, pe people managed, you know, because they used to have things, they knew how to get things, they knew that work, hard work pays off. So, so most of us, uh, even people who didn't leave Bosnia to go to the United States or third world countries where their relatives were sent, it's that they found a way. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to think about when, when, when someone asks, me, you know, <laughs> where you're from, and you explain some things, and then just people sitting there thinking about, you know, oh, you middle of the Europe and middle of the Balkans. It's France. It's Italy. It's this and that. Sure, it's it's really strange to say that <laughs> Italy is literally across the you know Adriatic Sea, and all of the stuff was going on in Bosnia, and everybody just turned their head, turned their head, because. I guess everybody had this idea of, like, oh, Yugoslavia, powerful country. How such thing can happen? Oh, there's just a, you know, pushing around demonstrations and issues, where it really was not, uh, really was not. And you know, as as you know, you've been involved in, in some of the stuff, and you know, the, the politics was what was going on, and you know, in the 1990s. Just a couple of questions uh, for you. Uh, one, how, how has this experience as a child impacted you now in your adult life in terms of what you went through, what you experienced? And uh, Clark, you know, that's so true, the saying that, that, that we have here in America, what doesn't kill you, make you stronger. And, and it truly is. Um, I really think you have to be a really strong individual um, and n not not use that as an excuse not not to to accomplish things in life because y you know I, I learned how to take those things in my advantage uh, as, as I as I said earlier you know any time that I'm not not feeling I want to do this I want to do that think about it well my father spent months in the forests of a country uh, and, and it was it was it, you know and he survived the war and then I think of me those times where you know simple thing uh, Clark as being injured like as a little kid you know you play around and you fell down and, and you in and, and you scuff your knees and stuff like that and you don't have any antibiotics to put on there, and 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 and, and gets it gets uh, uh, infected, and then I remember like all the kids like you get infections on your knees and your arms, and you know you, you don't you don't you don't have a you don't you don't have basics uh, to to disinfect those things to cover, cover to, you know you just you just don't. I'm like, well, I survived that, and I, it changed. I, I think it really 
created you know just like when you work hard like with your hands and and you get these calluses it, it really did for me like on 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 what things impact me like stress like like what stress like you know like i i survive i i i, I, I take myself back and remember remember what i have went through i'm like i'm going to work Sure, I'm going to work. Well, I'm going to sit in my car. I'm going to put an AC on. I'm going to drive down. I'm going to get to meet people, shake hands, and like really influential people. They're going to get to teach me some stuff because I'm going to ask them questions. And also, I'm going to get to earn money. I'm going to pay my comfortable uh, comfortable uh, mortgage or whatnot and, and buy myself some good groceries of choice that I want. Complain about what? Uh, I, I, I think... in changed me in a ways where you know life is short it, it really is life is very short but it's the longest thing you will ever have to do so so live live, live in the moment because enjoy enjoy what you do be appreciative be grateful for what you have because there there are some people up there who, who, who don't have it and the sad thing about that is there's a people right now I watch some documentaries. I rarely ever watch TV, but I like documentaries sometimes. Uh, it's called the the uh, the most dangerous ways to school, and show all these children around the world like dangerous ways to go to school. I'm like, I, I relate to that. I, I relate to that, and I want to give, and 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 I try to. And if nothing else, when I sit in front of somebody who complaining, and I get to meet some clients, I say, well, let me tell you a story. It changes their mind, and they know that I'm being constructive here. I'm trying to, to give them reason why they shouldn't complain about something, why they should appreciate what they have at the moment. At, at the moment, um, it, it really shaped me in this in this individual to 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 do things like this, because I mean, if you don't know your history, most likely it will repeat itself in some shape or form. Well, that's what I was going to ask in conclusion here. Just why is it important for you? to share this story, your remembrances for others yeah. to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, Clark, as, as you know, we we sitting here and we're talking about this and hopefully someone listened to it because, I don't know, 25 years from now, 30 years from now, I'm sure textbooks will sh share certain things. But as we know, anything that has been copied and written over you lose some of the, some of those things, but I, I really think it's very powerful for someone to hear from someone who been there, who done it. I mean, I, I know you share some of your personal stuff with your uncle who who been part of the the D-Day Normandy and stuff like that, and it's very powerful. It touches you. It really does. So for me, when 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 I do this, I know that someone is gonna listen to. Someone gonna say, "Wow, you know what." I wanna, I wanna go back to Bosnia. I wanna go visit Srebrenica. I wanna go visit Zep. I wanna visit those places. It's a beautiful country. It's, it's, it's very humble, hardworking people, the kindest people. You've been in Bosnia. You experienced some of that. Uh, it, it's just that's, it's unfortunate. And, and some of those things keep happening to us there because we are kind people and we forget, we forgive. 
and we move on, we embrace, we take everybody, and then people, and it's like that happened when, you know, Ottomans came, Austro-Hungary came, Yugoslavia won, the old Yugoslavia, last Yugoslavia, and every single time, Bosniaks, Bos Bosnian people, been, we, accept, we accept everybody, and it's, it's Bosnia was one of the most diverse republics, and, and I think it's, it's okay to forgive, but not to forget, because if you forget, I mean, you, you, you're going to get hurt again. And you don't want to allow that because, you know, good people shouldn't be getting hurt. Thank you very much. This has been for sharing your stories. It's powerful. Yeah. Um, it impacts me just sitting and listening, <coughs> but I can see the emotion in your face. Yeah. So thank you very much for doing this.